You're listening to News Talk Saga 960. Also streaming live on Saga960am.ca. Welcome back to Midday Matters. I'm Darshan Maharaja, your friendly host. Today we are talking about statism. How much control should government exercise on the conduct of business and commerce in its jurisdiction? I'm joined by MPP and Deputy Whip Khalid Rashid. Welcome, Mr. Rashid. Thank you, Darshan. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. So glad to have you here every Friday because this is, uh, you know, providing a very good avenue for us to flesh out some of the ideas. And we are also joined by MPP Prabhmeet Singh Sarkaria, who is also Assistant Minister for Small Business and Red Tape Reduction. Mr. Sarkaria, welcome to the show. Well, uh, thank you very much uh, for having me on here. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, to be able to chat with you and uh, be on the line with my good friend and uh, deputy with uh, Khalid Rashid. Brother, how are you? Good, thank you, thank you. You know, <laughs> thank we you are, so much we're for always, uh, uh, always aware of Khalid because he's uh, the government whip these days and, mm-hmm. uh, and no one can be out of line when uh, Khalid is in the picture. <laughs> and, and that's why uh, my brother Prab uh, owes me a lunch or a dinner because he was supposed to <laughs> come to the studio I physically. Was to be in the studio, uh, yeah, physically. But we were uh, unfortunately just got uh, caught up in um, uh, a couple of meetings, and mm-hmm. we had a couple of announcements. We were doing roundtables that mm-hmm. we were hosting, and then unfortunately we couldn't make it into the studio. But I'm happy to be on uh, uh, chatting live. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in-person or on-phone works uh, equally well. Although I do prefer in-person, but then uh, if that's not the option, then... Next time we will make sure. Definitely. Definitely. Now, as chance would have it, I was talking about statism with a capital S, which is the extent of control that uh, a government or the state exercises on the conduct of commerce and also in the personal lives of people. It's a you know, very wide-ranging subject. But I was talking about uh, the proposal by Jagmeet Singh to uh, you know, cap the cell phone charges, data charges that are charged by the providers. And Justin Trudeau coming out and saying uh, they would uh, force basically uh, uh, providers to not charge for swiping uh, credit cards. Now, these are all things that fall under the statist category for me. And you are in charge of red tape reduction, of course, small business as well. Red tape being part of the statism, uh, you know, umbrella. What is happening on that front? What uh, improvements are we making? Yeah, so one of the things that uh, we're really looking at uh, working on in uh, the red tape reduction side is we want to make sure Ontario is competitive. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ontario used to be the economic engine of Ontario. Uh, it is not that anymore. Uh, and the reason we see it is that we've over-regulated how we do commerce in in Ontario. Uh, and we've, we always make a distinction. There's a distinction between um, regulation that we must always have, which is uh, necessary uh, for health and safety, mm-hmm. um, environmental. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's a re- over-regulation that uh, um, uh, goes beyond that, and we need to make sure that the government uh, works safe. I mean, smarter for uh, for business and smarter for the people. Because what we need to do is we need to ensure that the governments um, we need to ensure that uh, a government support in an environment whereby 
uh, our job creators can continue to grow and continue to create jobs. And, and, and one of the things we've done is we've implemented many measures over the past year and, and a couple of months now since we've been in government. Mm-hmm. But the direct result you see of that is higher uh, you know, corporate tax income that is coming into the province mm-hmm. um, because more jobs are being created. Uh, um, but the other benefit you see to that is that we've been able to create over 200 a thousand new jobs since being elected mm-hmm. um, in, in June of 2018. I think that's a substantial difference uh, from what the previous government was doing, which was driving away government investment, driving away businesses from Ontario to to Michigan and to to the to Ohio and Tennessee. And so it's finally refreshing when we talk to the business community. You have a government that's uh, really looking towards building Ontario's economic advantage and. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that we uh, provide our future generations uh, with good-paying jobs and opportunities that, uh, under the previous government, uh, haven't been there. Right. You know, manufacturing fleeing Ontario was a big topic of discussion before the election. In fact, a couple of years uh, of that discussion before the election. And everybody was uh, focusing on the high cost of energy, but uh, that is the financial part of the difficulty that the business sector was facing. There was also the regulatory part. Now, as you said, uh, some of the regulations are, of course, necessary. You want to, you know, take care of health and safety factors. You want to take care of environment. Coming to environment, there is this consistent uh, messaging coming out from uh, uh, your opponents that uh, some of the measures that you are, some of the changes that you are making are uh, at the expense of environment. Can you uh, give us an overall view so we can, uh, you know, see where the balance is? And I, I, you know, that's a, a, a premise that I absolutely disagree with on, uh, you know, the opposition is playing politics. Mm-hmm. The opposition, uh, what they want to do is they want to tax hardworking families. Mm-hmm. They want to tax seniors. They want to tax hospitals. And we don't think that's the, uh, the way to fight the environment. We know that the best way to fight the environment um, is to have a good plan that we put out. Minister at that time was Rod Phillips, who put out a very thorough plan on the environment, which included the things like you know um, uh, the new recycling program that we've uh, uh, that we've put to, put together. We put together a strategy on um, on the Great Lakes. We put together uh, so many different strategies on. Uh, on, the blue box uh, program on as well to promote too. the environment and, and save the environment, but we think that you know taxing people uh, 4.5 cents uh, and up to 11 cents a liter on on gas, mm-hmm. uh, which is preventing them from getting point A to point B to get it to work to getting their kids to soccer practice, that's not going to promote. Uh, that is not going to help anybody uh, with uh, the environment, especially when. Uh, the, the plans that these, uh, you know, that you know, whether you want to say other governments that have come up with, mm-hmm. are accepting some of the biggest polluters in in, in the world or in the, in our country. So mm-hmm. why punish families and mm-hmm. why not uh, and, and why this discrepancy? We're going to fight uh, climate change. It's a it's an issue that uh, you know we're looking at. We have to have a strategy towards it, and we have a great strategy. It's been, um, you know, out in the public for quite a bit. But I think the, the fundamental difference that we have between our opposition is how do we get to that end goal? We all believe in it. We all know that change needs to happen. Uh, but the opposition wants to, you know, tax families on it. We think mm-hmm. there's better, more innovative ways to, to accomplish that rather than uh, punishing hardworking families, seniors, hospitals, 
um, and families for just simply uh, driving their kids to, to soccer practice or hockey practice. So um, environmental has always been uh, something that we're very concerned about, something that we've always uh, acted to protect. Um, and uh, fundamentally, we're going to uh, keep working towards that. And also, this is Khalid. Uh, yeah. You know, when we uh, talk about the Blue Box program that was yeah. recently announced, was mm. uh, part of because a lot of uh, recycling stuff goes back to the the landfills. Right. And I was going to that. And we don't want that to happen, mm -hmm. right? So why not ask the in the organizations who are producing these like. You know, as for example, Tim Horton Cup, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we should try to make it go into a recycling rather than mm -hmm. the landfill because mm -hmm. of the certain things that are part of uh, that cup. Yes. So, so that's what we are focusing on. Right. Now, uh, as Prab mentioned, that the opposition, unfortunately, is just focusing on uh, making sure to make life more harder and tougher for the average everyday Canadian or Ontarian families. Mm -hmm. One of the NDP um, member I remember during the election time mm -hmm. had said that if it's up to him, he would put a 35% carbon tax. Okay. Now, <laughs> now exactly. that would bankrupt everyone. <laughs> exactly. So you see, Darshan, the thing is like, at the end of the day, uh, businesses still need that flexibility that, you know, they are able to, to run their business. Hmm. And what Prab and his ministry, are they're doing a tremendous job by looking at, I, I believe Prab, and you can keep me honest over here, uh, when we came, uh, there were roughly about just over 300,000 red tapes. Whoa. Yeah, rules and regulations. Regulations to do Whoa. to do business. Okay. Now just imagine, like for every business, if you have, let's say, ten, fifteen red tapes, mm. how can uh, an entrepreneur mm -hmm. or a, a young individual who's passionate to do business right. can start a business mm -hmm. without going through such uh, of uh, r such red tapes mm -hmm. or such uh, struggles? Mm -hmm. Might as well he would say, you know what, I'm going to look around mm -hmm. uh, and um, maybe I may go to states or somewhere mm -hmm. else and, and continue my passion mm -hmm. of uh, being an entrepreneur. And Prav and I were just uh, talking about this last week. Mm -hmm. uh, there was an organization, Prav, and you can uh, you know put shed some light on this about the Ohio company or something who got uh, passed yeah. uh, in less than six weeks or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you want to talk we about that? Talking about. Uh, you know, examples in different jurisdictions. So as Ontario, as a province, we're fighting against, you know, we're fighting to keep industry in Ontario, but we're competing against the Ohio's, the Michigan's, mm -hmm. uh, the Tennessee's, and, and, you know, even other provinces. And then when we see, you know, the speed of government at which we can work and which we should work and what other provinces and states are doing. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, GM wanted to open up a plant in Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, they applied for approvals with, uh, with the government in Michigan, and they had everything... Um, Shovels ready to go, permits ready, mm. a five billion dollar investment approximately. Yeah. Uh, within six to eight weeks, um, everything was ready to go. Mm. Now that's the speed of that the you know speed of which government should be working at right. like, at the same pace. Right. Um, and to ensure that you know if a, com a company wants to do business in in, in Ontario, that we we're we're fast, we're efficient, uh, and we get out of the way of job creators and let them do their um, do what they do best, which is create jobs. And so. I think that's where we need to really focus on is, is reducing the time and cost uh, that um, is put on businesses, the burden that's put on businesses so they can create jobs uh, like they have been in the past year uh, for us in Ontario. And I think uh, we need to look 
because when we look at uh, across the world or across, you know different places, mm-hmm. uh, we see that they're doing it, and then if we don't do it, we're going to be left behind. And Ontario, for the past fifteen years, was just putting more and more and more, mm-hmm. uh, making us less competitive and mm-hmm. driving away investment, driving away. You know, if we look at the auto sector, mm-hmm. we never had um, in in ten years. Uh, ten years ago, we had one uh, Toyota made an investment in Ontario. Right. Um, uh, 20 years before that, nothing had happened. So mm-hmm. we have been significantly lacking in an investment from mm-hmm. the auto sector mm-hmm. uh, in terms of new OEMs, while the U.S. has been able to land a new GM plants, uh, BMW plants, Mercedes plants, Volkswagen mm-hmm. plants. They've right. all gone south of the border uh, because we haven't been able to be, we haven't been able to compete, uh, uh, whether it's on the regulation side or whether it's on a, another aspect. So um, those are things that we really have to work towards and, and make sure we fix uh, going forward. You know, it's often said that government needs to work like business. Now, that is misinterpreted sometimes. But uh, the way I understand it is that a business always stays focused on what they are trying to, what the objective is, what they are trying to achieve at the end of the exercise, rather than get caught in the exercise itself and the nitty-gritty and differences of opinion, for which there is greater room in the government sector, granted. I'm reminded of a story, and it's a long story, but I'll say it in short, which is that uh, what is known as systems audit in businesses, where they go through the systems and see if there are any superfluous aspects that can be done away with and Mm -hmm. reduce time and cost. So there was this gentleman who was doing uh, management consulting for Indian Railways, and at some point in one of the railway stations, he found something called a NIL report, N-I-L. where everybody told him that there was a piece of uh, paper, a form, on which they were supposed to write nil and file it. Nobody knew why. And then he traced it back to sometime uh, in the Second World War. This was in the 90s. So half a century people had been filing nil reports without knowing what it was (laughs) for. That is the kind of challenge that I see in front of you, uh, Mr. Sarkaria. Oh, Oh, big time. You know what? And we hear these examples all over the place, all the time. Where people, you know, the ministries, you know, sometimes they're like, hey, why are you doing this? And it's like, hey, it's because you told us to do it. They're like, oh, I don't think we need you to do this anymore. Right. Um, outdated regulations. You know, there was uh, one certain regulation we had where, um, you know, if you wanted to submit uh, a, a drug uh, submission or, you know, wanted to create or apply to sell, uh, you know, a pharmaceutical drug in the mm-hmm. province of Ontario, mm-hmm. uh, Ontario was the only province in the entire, uh, I think, world that required paper documentation. Okay. Everywhere else, if you wanted to submit any sort of um, a, a, a make a drug submission, you could do it electronically. Yeah, and so companies across the world had binder rooms just for Ontario, mm-hmm. and so you see that, that that type of modernization that needed to be done in government, which we're working on, mm-hmm. um, and we're, we're, which we're really looking forward to doing, and, and you know, modernizing compliance, modernizing the way we do business, the you know, going data digital first. Like you know, we made a neat announcement. Uh, this week about, you know, being able to show your pink slip on your phone, right? Um, right? And that's just one part of it, you know, making everything electronic, everything digital, giving the people the option to do that. Uh, that just, I think government needs to work smarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, government needs to work better and more efficient. And I think these, there's a lot of ways for us to accomplish that by just, uh, you know, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit because government is so far behind everybody else right. um, that we need to really keep up. Uh, so, uh Darshan, during uh, some of our consultations, mm. I, I was part of with mm. Prab, and uh, 
I remember there was one small business owner and she was talking about, she's a florist, mm-hmm. and she was talking about that, you know, how every month, I mean, being a florist, she do mm. she does home delivery and right. stuff like that. And she has a roughly about 10 employees or so, plus mm. she has some trucks as well. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, a lot of times I used to forget to renew the, the sticker mm-hmm. because it was all paperwork that I had to do. Right. So... You know, and now we are making it easy that you just go online and and do things mm-hmm. online. We have to m- make it easy for our businesses, right? S- especially small businesses. Small mm-hmm. businesses, they rely on efficiency. They mm-hmm. they rely on like things being processed quickly. Mm-hmm. Now she can go online and renew things r- rather than uh, go going to uh, service Ontario office, standing in a line, and then because. The time she's spending at the service Ontario, mm-hmm. she should rather be focusing on creating more jobs and, and making sure that she's continued to invest in our economy. Right. So making it, and that's this is what Prab and the ministry are doing, is that mm-hmm. they are trying to make life easy mm-hmm. for our small businesses mm-hmm. because we feel that small businesses are are the engine of uh, uh, of any economy absolutely 70% of you know ballpark 70% yeah. of all new employment generated is in the small business yeah. sector there is a lot of churn there business is closed and then people have to look for a new job but that job is usually created by a small business again yeah. but you know this may not be related to small business but uh, uh, mr sarkaria spoke about uh, being behind the times or behind the curve in terms of adoption of technology i think Ontario's healthcare sector is the only entity in the world still using fax. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually something that came up today, and I was and I, I made a joke about it at a meeting, and I said, and I said the exact same thing. I think we're probably the only, <laughs> the only uh, uh, Ontario is the only place that still uses fax. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's you know, good that you bring that up, but that shows you how we need to move forward on you know some of the digitalization and right. keep up to pace with how government is uh, moving. You know, moving so slow compared to the pace of technology. Yeah, I know this because uh, last year I had a visitor from the United States and for some reason they had to be hospitalized in Brampton Civic and uh, their insurance is in the U.S. and we had to uh, ask for the information which the hospital would receive only by fax. Now they had to scramble to find a fax machine. (laughs) They said, we can email it to you, we can send it to you by a CD, whatever you want and because they wanted medical history also. And uh, they had to scramble to find the facts, and finally they found it. And uh, it took a couple of days, I think. So that's the kind of, uh, you know, obsolescence that I see. And broadly speaking, hospitals are in the government sector. They are in the public sector. They are publicly funded. So what all other opportunities do you see in this uh, this line, Mr. Sarkaria? I think there's there's a lot of... uh uh, different opportunities that we can um, look towards. And I think, uh, you know, when it comes down to looking at the red tape and looking at how we can modernize, how we can modernize government, mm-hmm. um, there's really so much that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're so far behind mm-hmm. that, um, uh, you know, we're going to, it's going to take a lot of time to catch up. So what I'm doing is uh, a lot of the times what we're doing is we're meeting with businesses, we're meeting with communities, municipalities. Right. And this means, you know, even hospitals, um, education sector, universities, and trying to see where we can come in and support them. And so every, um, you know, every session, whether it's the fall session or the spring session, we're bringing in two big 
red tape package bills. And, and these, what these packages do is they help, um, you know, uh, push some of our issues through, uh, through the legislature. And so we made a good commitment to, uh, to the people of Ontario and to businesses. Uh, that we want, really want to make sure Ontario keeps growing economically mm-hmm. um, and becomes that economic engine and has that competitive advantage again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why we're going to be continuing to work on this, listen to the people, uh, listen to our business community and see where we can support them. And so the, 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 the scope of this is across all ministries, across you know all sectors, whether it be um, you know the, the the health side you said where which needs a lot of modernization, a lot of reduction of red tape, mm-hmm. um, the introduction of technology. Uh, these are all things that we're going to be looking at doing and, and working towards. I have a pet peeve here in the region of Peel, and that yes. doesn't relate to provincial government. <laughs> it relates to municipal government. But I think there is room for the provincial government to do something here, which is the uh, recycling of waste. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the other day, Global News came out with uh, their own research saying less than 10%. I think they said 8% of all recyclable stuff that is collected gets actually recycled. The rest goes to the landfill. Yes. Now, I'm trying to tie this with your small business portfolio, Mr. Sarkaria, which is, first of all, is there any regulation that requires reporting of these numbers from the waste management facility to the province, uh, specifically the Ministry of Environment? Um, so, uh, in terms of um, the waste regulation side of it, mm-hmm. so we're, we're um, actually, you know, I think uh, Khalid alluded to it earlier today as well, mm-hmm. um, and he was saying how we're, we're making a new uh, uh, a system mm-hmm. uh, whereby there's a producer responsibility on, um, on uh, recycling. And so, moving towards that, uh, and moving towards that, uh, uh, type of model mm-hmm. is really going to help us uh, on that side become more efficient mm-hmm. and also help us become more, uh, um, you know, more in line with uh, where we should be going. Uh, and I think, and, and, and the big thing about that is actually provide the municipalities with a significant amount of uh, reduction in cost as well. I think mm-hmm. over $20 million um, by the time uh, this is implemented. So mm-hmm. freeing up more resources for them uh, mm-hmm. to work on, uh, you know, put money towards other, um, you know, uses. And I think, um, when we were coming up with this plan, I think it was very important for us to see uh, what would work, uh, what the community, business community would support, what what is the right thing to do for the environment, and I think that's where we landed on uh, with uh, with some of our uh, recycling uh, restructuring that we did. See, I'm trying to see this in a, from a different lens, which is uh-huh. right now it is a cost center. People have yeah. paid property taxes and part of that goes to defray the cost of waste collection and uh, yep. processing, recycling, whatever. There is no incentive to actually do the work because the cost has al- already been paid. Uh-huh. You turn that into a profit center, which is where your small business portfolio comes in, which is you open up a possibility for people to uh, start their recycling uh, businesses. They would necessarily buy it from the waste management facility, pay uh-huh. the municipality, on weight basis or whatever the unit of measurement is. And then because now they have bought it, they have zero incentive to throw it away. You are throwing away raw material, which a business would never do. It's simple. Then, of course, you need regulations to make sure that they are complying with all the health and safety and environmental issues because there will be a lot of ink that comes out of it, etc. So you want sensible disposal. But uh, this is something that can be worked on, I'm sure. Because no, less you're, than you're, 10% you're is criminal. Good. 
Uh-huh. So you make some great suggestions of what we could do. I think uh, in the new model, hopefully, mm-hmm. if it's compatible in a sense, mm-hmm. we can look towards some of those changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but shifting responsibility to the producers will also be a, a huge change in, in, in that as well, I think. So, no, those are great suggestions on your end, for sure. See, Thank Brab, you. every week I, I learn something from Darshan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think Thank we you. all can learn something very uh, Yeah, very exactly. Well and um, you know Darshan is always like giving us good uh, feedback on, oh, on thank certain you. things so thank you thank no, you. this is why this particular segment that we have every Friday is very important for me because for 15 years I've been living in Canada and getting frustrated about things now finally I have a way to communicate it to people who are able to act on it and willing to act on it yeah that is a big difference yeah exactly no, <laughs> yeah no but um, I know um I also want to mention to to your listeners, um, mm-hmm. you know, she the North is happening on Sunday at yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mississauga Celebration yeah. Square, I, and I think Prab is going to be there as well too. Sorry for putting you at the spot on the spot. The spot. It's yeah, it's a happy moment, for, something yeah, to enjoy. Our, no, all of us. Definitely, yeah, it's a happy moment but for all of us. Definitely. Thank you for joining us thank today, you, Mr. Thank Sakai. you so much. We really appreciate it. And looking forward to coming back again. Thanks, you. Thank you. Thank you so much, thank and uh, thank you, Mr. Rashid, for uh, making it today and uh, making this possible because no. this is adding value as I see it. No, absolutely, and that's the whole point, right? For uh, uh, yes. for your listeners yes. to know that what what we as a government are doing, and mm-hmm. we are always always listening yeah. to to the good people of uh, Ontario. Yeah, definitely. And uh, anyone out there who wants to make suggestions, every Friday, 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock to 3.30, we have a captive audience of Mr. Khalid Rashid. <laughs> and you can put in your suggestions. And uh, number here, 416-640-0200. That's 416-640-0200. Now, I'll return to something of provincial nature, which is the threatened strike of teachers on the other side of this break. I hope it doesn't happen, but uh, we have to be prepared in case it does. So, let's talk about that. Stay tuned. 